Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are in Ecclesiastes, first chapter, 1 through 18. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What advantage does man have in all his work, which he does under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Also the sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises there again, blowing toward the south, then turning toward the north. The wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, See this, it is new. Already it has existed for ages which were before us. There is no remembrance of early things and also of the later things which will occur. There will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my mind to seek and explore by wisdom concerning all that has done under heaven. It is a grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, Behold, I have magnified and increased wisdom more than all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my mind has observed a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And I set my mind to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I realize that this is also, this also is striving after wind. Because in much wisdom there is much grief, and increasing knowledge results in increasing pain. Interesting that he said I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. All of the I believe it. And this Aclocities <laughs> where where he's in Mandalore or Aclocities. Anyway, um the I was we were we were trying to get her to say it at the uh opening, but anyway. Um but she she did good. But uh, Ecclesiastes and the wisdom of, of Solomon realizing this and great wisdom in the fact that we want to learn this lesson early, what he learned later. That uh, we can pursue, watch yourself how you pursue things and set your mind, set your heart to things in this world because um, you'll you'll strive after things of this world and that's okay. I I, I encourage you to set goals and 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 um, run the races and 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 pursue things and of this life. I, I encourage that. You know, guys, you know, stuff. It's I believe it has a lot. I think it's a lot better than being couch potatoes. 
but the but be careful because that's not your life. Um, you might be one of those high achievers that go through and you you accomplish all those things in life, only to come to the end of your life with with only the one thought. You're looking back on life, how well you know I did this and I did this, and your only stories is back when back when you played the big game and back when. Uh, back when I ran the fastest race, back when I run, ran that marathon, you're looking back. We are Christians. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead for a better day. We're looking, be- we're looking ahead for anything better that we can find in this life. And so, center your life around the Word of God. Do things. Yes, I encourage it. But center your life and your thinking uh, around the Word of God, uh, because this life is fleeting. Uh, Peter said that this world is going to melt away with fire. Therefore, what should we? How shall we think? But well, what kind of people should we be? But holy people. Our opening hymn this morning will be um, "Confound of Every Blessing." Let us stand and remain standing for the opening prayer. in silent prayer putting everything else aside and focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ on whose word we're about to study and I'll open this up in corporate prayer let us pray Father in heaven thank you for this opportunity of fellowshipping in your word once again coming together as a church family and as a family that uh, I pray heavenly Father this morning as we finish up this chapter about Melchizedek. Help us, Heavenly Father, to understand and to make application 
and to bring appreciation on who and what our Lord Jesus Christ is and what it means to our life as He being our advocate. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Take your seat. Okay, thoroughly impressed. I thoroughly enjoyed the guys, uh, our guest, uh, John. Uh, John said he really enjoyed the Upstate Bible Challenge. Sorry, I missed you guys the other night. Um, but and and uh, George is still talking about it. He really enjoyed it. Uh, the next Bible Challenge, oh, I forgot. It's in your bulletin last Tuesday of the month. What is that? The twenty seventh. You got it on the front there. Tuesday twenty seventh. Is that it? Or 26? 27. 27. Okay, Tuesday 27th is the Upstate Bible Challenge and be going over chapter 6 through 10. Chapter 6 through 10, study it, read it over uh, several times. The questions come out of it. We're, we're not going into deep doctoral theological discussions, but the questions come out of it. Now, I will say to you, I'm going to throw in something new on the next Bible Challenge. Each category somewhere in there will have a when when you click on when we click on we choose it it will have challenge the host so instead of you getting a question you can ask the host a question so have a couple questions on reserve that, that as you're studying as you're looking over the passages so when you, if you get that then you can ask one of your questions and challenge the host me do you get the points to get it right. I get, you might get it. I tell you what, you might get, get you might get, no, you might get a prize if I get it wrong. How's that? The daily double. That's right. You, you'll get a daily double if I, if I get it wrong. How's that? Um, so. Yeah, but you're making the questions. No, but no. you're making yeah, your you're own questions. Question. questions uh, Be ready and have Yeah, you're making your own ready. questions going okay. through it. Okay, well, I'll ask him this, sir. Yeah, I'll have, a, have at least okay. a couple categories in for each of the chapters and stuff. Uh, with that said, uh, prayers. Any any prayers that we need to, anyone we need to lift up and um, keep on our prayer list. Okay. Um, what's your name? Ch- um, Chastity. Yeah, Cassidy. How's she doing? Chastity. Mm-hmm. She, I guess she's doing all right. She, her and her husband just got over the flu. She's... <laughs> She's always got something going on. Bless her. <laughs> yeah. With, the, with their homes and, you know. Uh, and you? I don't know if I told you that a few weeks, I think it's been a couple weeks now, but somebody I know, I knew from high school, her husband um, passed away. He was like 36 or 37. Mm-hmm. It was some kind of work accident. Wow. Um, something to do with chemicals or something, but yeah, he, she lost her husband they got kids together and what's her name? been together since high school what's her first name her her name is Ashley and her last name is I love just leave at her first name I can't remember her last name mm-hmm. All right. but she has any needs right now or I don't know I do, she's just on my Facebook and that's how I keep up with her I don't really talk to her okay. other than that so alright we will keep Ashley in our prayers. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter seven. Um, it is my it is my intent to get through Hebrews chapter seven, but if man keeps asking questions, I might not get through the first three verses. So anyway, but we'll we'll see. All right. 
For this Melchizedekian king, or this Melchizedek, king of Salem. Okay, stop right there. What is Salem? What king of Salem? What what does that mean? And you say shalom. What is that? Where's where the peace? Um, peace yeah. Peace. Very good. And uh, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, Abram, or Abraham, as he was returning from the slaughter of the king. And blessed him, and blessed him. What book of the Bible do we go to find Melchizedek? Genesis. Genesis. Uh, and uh, there is a reference to Genesis here, and there is a Genesis or a reference to Psalm 110, I believe. You might want to check your notes on that. But um, just two references to Melchizedek in the in the uh, the Old Testament. To whom also Abraham appointed the tenth part of all his spoils was first of all, by translation, the name King of Righteousness. And then also the King of Salem, which is King of Peace. Last time we met, we spoke of the fact that righteousness has to be secured in our lives before before peace can come. If we're walking outside the boundaries of God, if we're walking out, if we're sinning, if we are, if if we are doing those things contrary of our spiritual lives, some people will use grace as a free ticket to get out of trouble. Well, I'm good to go. I'm going to heaven. I've trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior. My sins have been forgiven, so they do not care how they walk. But if you walk outside the righteousness, there will not be peace in your life. Many of us, or some of us can attest the fact that we see our lives back when we were younger and we see our lives later on. And I can attest to it myself. I have a lot easier life. There's a tranquility in my heart. Some of us, life gets so frustrating so turned upside down to the point where we th- and we start blaming everything else. We blame our bosses. We blame our coaches. We blame our wives. We blame our husbands. Somewhere along the line, you have, have to ask yourself, where am I? Where am I? Am, am I inside the plan of God or am I outside the plan of God? There are people that will call you and Things, one thing after another will happen. I'm not talking about chassis. I don't know what, what chassis. Sometimes you're going through a Job moment. That's when you're being tested. But then there are those that are going through discipline from God. Because though you are saved, and though you're going to depart from this earth, and you're going to go to heaven, you are still accountable for your sins. And, and the fact that if you walk outside the boundaries of God... It is the just of God, His discipline, that's going to, He's going to bring that up. Now, we don't want that, do we? So we, we keep the importance of understanding the Word of God, studying the Word of God, pursuing God in those, those aspects. So righteousness has to be established in our lives first. Now, positionally, we are righteous. That means that when we believe and trust in Lord Jesus Christ, we have been made righteous. Positionally, you can put a big R on us. We have the righteousness of God, which means we're going to spend forever with God. 
But we also have to walk righteously. Not to get to heaven, but to live a life that is worthy of His calling. You do that in peace. And sometimes, sometimes we learn things. I have when I was young. It, go, it seemed like it go in one ear and not the other. But I pray, I especially pray for you young folks, that when in your life, when you come to a situation where it seems like your life is falling apart, that these words will come back to you and you'll remember. Where am I? Where am I to my relationship with God? Because I've heard so many people say, you know, I'm going to get my life right and I'm going to turn back to God. No, first, turn back to God. Enter into His righteousness. Repent from your sins. Come back in. Name your sins to God. And then... Get your priorities centered around God. That's when your life will start. And it's not going to be overnight, but over a period of time you're going to find that the peace within you is going to is going to stabilize. Can we say that? Stabilize within your soul. Alright, moving on. So, to whom also Abraham, verse 2, appointed a tenth part of all his spoils was the first of all, by translation, named King of righteousness, that's Melech in the, in the Hebrew. Melech is king of right, uh, king of righteousness. Uh, Zedak, Zedak is Hebrew for righteousness. And then also king of Salem, Shalom, king of peace. Without a father, without a mother, without a genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor the end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually. What did we say about this? That he didn't have a mother and father. We're talking about Melchizedek now. Did he have a mother and father? Yes. Yes. How do we know? Because he's alive. Okay, he's alive. He's a, he's a human being. This is a human being. He is not a supernatural being. He, this is not an angel. This is not God. So why does the author, is the author confused or whatever, why does it say that he doesn't have a mother and father? It just wasn't listed. That's right. Very good, man. It wasn't listed. You, you go back in Genesis, you see all these names listed, all the genealogies, but Melchizedek just kind of shows up out of nowhere. But the Spirit guiding the Moses, who was the writer of, of Genesis, guided that writing to the point where you leave this out, because thousands of years from now, we're going from now. It, this is going to be very pertinent in the writing of Hebrews. Now, observe how verse four. Now, observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of his choicest spoils. This comes into the a little bit of a controversy here. Because Abraham is the greatest of all people in the Old Testament, of, among all the Old Testament saints. Moses is up there. David's up there. But here we're speaking of Father Abraham. Father Abraham was the one that the whole Jewish race started with. Mighty man of valor. He went and conquered kings that five kings couldn't take care of. 
he was famous. I'm sure he was famous in the land. In, in our day, he's the, it's the most famous name in the whole world. People, as we mentioned last time, eight people may not know who the President of the United States is, but they know who Abraham is. But this great man, so when you tell Jewish people that there is somebody better than Abraham, boom, that's going, that, that's, that's a controversial statement. And here it is, the writer of Hebrews is saying to the people, saying to his readers, that this, that there's someone greater than Abraham. That in that day, here it was, and he's bringing, and it's not Melchizedek, but it's somebody like Melchizedek. And so he's drawing a parallel to this human being. We spoke about types last time. Imagery. So he's saying this is like Melchizedek. That now, regardless of Melchizedek having a mother and father, this one like Melchizedek doesn't have a mother and father. Pointing out, what do you think it points out to if he says that he doesn't have a mother and father? It's not but, real. No, not 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 there. But but good. Uh, Jesus, self-existent one. Self-existent one, Yahweh, or the uh, uh, the yes, the self-existent one. Very good. He has no beginning. He has no end. Jesus has no beginning, no end. Well, Jesus does. Yeah, Jesus has no beginning, no well, end. But okay, well, so Jesus okay. is our advocate. He's going to be like this. Uh, the description here is like the one with like Melchizedek, where there's no recorded beginning. Or in like there's no recorded mother or father, but it only serves Melchizedek only serves as imagery to who and what Jesus really is. Okay, any questions on that? I guess a lot of people will question. Well, Jesus does have a mother and a father, but the father is just a, he's adopted in his you know, yeah. But the mother is his. Biological mother. But as Jesus, or as God, Jesus God, has no God, beginning Father. and no end. Right, and He represents us. Alright. So He's made, very important, He's made like the Son of God. He remains a priest perpetually. Perpetually means that He's not talking Melchizedek being perpetually a, a priest. But He's speaking of Jesus as being perpetual priest. This is important. To the sense that, first of all, James tells us to draw near to God, and God will draw near to us. It, it also explains the fact that, how is it that Peter says that when he writes, quoting the scripture, that we are to be holy as God is holy. How many of us think that we can actually meet that high standard of holiness that Peter says to, to make? Okay, we have argued, or we, we've discussed this. If, if the Lord mandates something, if He tells you to be something, if we find it in His Word that we are to be holy, is there... Is that an impossibility for us to be holy? 
What does holy mean? Set apart. Exactly. It means set apart. It means separated from. It also means consecrated for service to God. And it means to be in the spiritual within the spiritual boundaries that God has set. Grady, can you give me my screen, please? We got it up there. There we go. So take this take this as that boundary here. Every one of us as believers. Take that as our boundaries. And um, we inside of here is when we're functioning in the light. That's to say, like John says, in the light as he is in the light. This is the realm that we are serving God. This is where we are in fellowship. Inside of here is when our lives are consecrated to the service to God. Inside here, what can we do in this circle that we can, that is, what, inside of here, that's worthy of our calling? What can we do inside of here that's, that is worthy of God's attention? Prayer. Okay, prayer. Okay, what else? The word, learning this word. Learning God's word. Good of his word. Good of Anybody else? Um, spread his word. What's that? Spread his word. Okay, uh, communication. I'm going to say, uh, I'll do this as work as works. Okay, spread the gospel. And uh, works. I'm going to put down works here. All these things inside a circle. Now, the, the, inside of this circle, this is where your life is consecrated. That means set apart. That means you... Inside here, where where the spirit is functioning, is also spirituality. This is where your life is holy. At any given moment, you are living the consecrated life, but you can also step out of it. You can also step into the darkness. Now, how do we do that? How do we step out of this circle? Sin. Sin. What kind of sin? How big is sin? What's that? Any type of sin. Any type of sin. Gunner, does that get a little complicated sometimes? I mean, how easy it is for you to sin? Just well, a little mental attitude. You can have a mental attitude. As soon as you... Heaven, as soon as you look at somebody and say, I like to punch that person in the mouth. How easy is that to do? I don't know, you might not be a violent person, but when somebody cuts you off in traffic, when somebody says something, you will, you might have a mental attitude. Um, and that mental attitude, this is interesting, because that mental attitude alone can knock you outside of the circle out here. And we'll talk about out here in just a moment. 
And um, another place thing I'm going to put on here is growing. Growing in the Lord. Maturing in the faith. And this is the only way you're going to do mature in the faith is within this circle, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, okay, we've talked about not busting somebody in the chops. That you know, Just thinking about it. Before you even do it, you've already sinned. Just out of your hatred towards somebody, you've already sinned. Right? Uh, there could be other mental attitude sins. There could be worry. Uh, excessive worry and being controlled by that worry. That's a sin. There may be hatred, anger, lust. You want to say something? Jealousy. Jealousy is a sin. So these are things that you think. Then you've got your sins of the tongue. That's pretty easy. What's a sin of the tongue? Lying. Okay, Grady. How easy is it to talk bad about someone? Pretty easy. Pretty easy, right? As soon as you open your mouth and you down somebody, you've already stepped out of that circle. You you mentioned what you just mentioned, lying, that um, bearing false witness. Yes, it is. That is a sin. Open your mouth. It, it your mouth. It will put you out of bounds real real quick. Okay. Then you've got the overt sins. Now, hey, Rick, when you punch somebody in the mouth, when you do the act, you definitely are out of line as well. Okay. When you do the act. So all that's going to put you out. Any of those acts put you out here. And this is what we call darkness. Am I off there? I forgot to show you how to widen that up for me. You may... Okay, I'll put darkness. You're out of fellowship. You're grieving. Quenching the spirit. The funny thing is about this: outside of here, you're outside of plans, God. You're no longer consecrated. You're no longer holy. You're outside of this balance. So, can you pray when you're out here? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Can you spread the gospel out here? Yeah. Can you teach out here? But is it worthy? It, it, no, because you're no longer consecrated. You no longer bring glory to God by you. You're fulfilling that. So in here you're holy. Out here you're walking in darkness. Okay. So at any particular time, at any particular time, okay, go ahead and give me my screen back up. At any particular time, you are you are either walking in the light as He is in the light, or you're walking in darkness. So being holy. So how do we do that? So, bring back my screen once again, son. So you're out here. What are we going to do when we're out here? What are we going to do when... And this is important I say this. When we're out here, what are we going to do, man? We're, we've sinned. We've, you've done pop, pop somebody in the jaw or you, you gave an unruly gesture to somebody in traffic or something and you know that you're outside. What are you going to do? Repent. You're going to repent. Okay, you're going to turn from that sin, a change of mind. Then what are you going to do? Confess. Confess your sin. Confess your sin. Name it to God to bring you back in to fellowship. Now, this is not a license to sin. This is a license to serve. 
it is we live in a body corruption and there is especially as we start in our journey in the spiritual life there is the conflict between our physical and our spiritual our spirit wants to do it Jesus said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak I don't want to do the things that that I'm supposed to do and and all that so when I find myself in sin, it's important turning back to God, naming my sins to the Lord, to be moved back into that place where my life is consecrated to the glory of God. That's where I begin to grow again, to take in the Word of God, to be to be controlled by that Holy Spirit. Okay, that's the holy life. So I need listen, and I cannot do this on my own. This is not in. This is not an act of my own. I'm not by myself on this. And John says that I say these things to you that you may not sin. But if you do sin, you have an advocate. What's an advocate? It's your it, helper. It's an attorney. It, it's an attorney. And, and a helper, a parakletos is the same word by the way. But it's somebody that is going to represent you in court. Satan is in heaven like he was with Job. Saying, have you considered my servant Haven? Have you considered my servant Grady, Wally, um, Becca, Amanda, Mike? Have you considered my servant? Because Satan is there making a... He's accusing you. And sometimes when you sin... You'll hear that voice. I don't know. You'll hear that voice kind of in your ear whispering. And you call yourself. And I say that metaphorically. And you call yourself a Christian. One thing you got to remember is when you name your sins, you repent and name your sins, you've got to have the faith to know that God has forgiven you. But He does so not on your account. He does so because you have an you have someone that's going to step in and represent you. And we have the best representation in Christ. He sits at the right hand making intercession for us. Come on back to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 4. And now, the writer here is making an argument of how great our priest is. We have the greatest priest in all of human history. He that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now observe how great the patriarch uh, Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of his choice of spoils. That's when he came back from war and he gave Melchizedek. He, I don't know if he doesn't and there's no records that Abraham knew who he was but he apparently did if there was some type of maybe Melchizedek helped him, I don't know. In the war, but when he got back, it was he that Abraham and who gives the one who receives the tithes is he better or less than the one who is giving it? Better, better, better. So here is Abraham given a given a tithe to. Melchizedek, which means that he was the greater of the two. 
Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Abraham gives him a tenth of everything. He gives everything else back to, well, except for the stuff he gives to his soldiers, but he gives everything back to king of Sodom. Okay, verse 5. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from all from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are descended from Abraham. Later on, Abra- later on, who, who's the Levites? Priestly line. What's that? Priestly line. They are the priestly lines. And part of their priestly line is to collect 10% from the people. To collect that 10% that was across the board. And uh, But, verse 6, but the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. Okay, so while the Levites were collecting 10% and that was a given to God, they were the priests, they represented man to God. But here is somebody better. The Levites are not in the picture yet. They are not even born yet. Remember, who's, who's Levi? When we talk about Levi, who's Levi's father? Jacob. 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 Through which mother? Uh, no, I'd guess Leah. Leah. You're very good. It was through Leah. So here's the priest of the line. That's not going to come till later. Abraham is the greatest of all men, but here's the greatest of all men paying attempt to the priestly king Melchizedek. Verse 6, But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. Who had the promises? What, what are we talking about here? Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was the one given the promise. And where, did, where do we first see Abraham given that God gives Abraham the promises. Genesis. What's that? In Genesis. In Genesis, remember what chapter? Genesis chapter 12. But without any dispute, the lesser is great is blessed by the greater. That no dispute, that means there's no argument. There's no argument. So you know two things that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. What are those two things? Priesthood and... No, first of, all, first of all, Abraham pays the tenth. He tied to Melchizedek. That's the first indication that Melchizedek is, is more uh, superior to Abraham. Then number two. Notice that it wasn't just he was being a king because Sodom, he didn't... He didn't King Sodom, he didn't give a, he didn't tie to King Sodom, but only to Melchizedek. But second of all, Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Blessing comes from top to bottom, and tithing, what we do for God, goes bottom to top, and that's no dispute. In the case of mortal man. And verse 8, in the case of mortal man received tithes, 
Levitical offering. But in that case, one receives them. Melchizedek. Of whom it is witness that he lives on. Melchizedek. Once again, Melchizedek continues on. And so, to speak through to speak through Abraham, even Levi, who receives tithes and paid tithes. For he is still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, if perfection, here we go, now if perfection through Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the people received the law, what further need is there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek? And not be des not be designated according to the order of Aaron. All right, you got two priesthood. Now, once again, the the emphasis is not on Melchizedek. The emphasis is on who's even better than Melchizedek. Melchizedek is only an image, as only a foreshadowing. Remember, we said that the type is is just an image. It's just a foreshadow. It's the antitype that is greater, and the emphasis is all placed upon on what it points to. Melchizedek points to Christ. It's a curious question because we have here. Uh, let me read on for a minute because there's a point I want to bring up. Uh, yeah, just coming up with the next point, and verse eleven. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood. Perfection means completion. Good enough. For the basis of it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated another to the order of Aaron? What are we talking about here? Did the Levitical with all these when you read the when you read throughout the Old Testament the Hebrew canon did it, how was a person saved? I guess I should ask a question. How is one saved in the old Old Testament in the Hebrew canon? Looking forward to the cross. Right there. And what is that? What we what do we call that? Believe in the promises of God. Okay. Faith, okay. yes. Okay, yeah. Believe in the promise and that's faith. So it's faith. It's always been faith. The sacrifices, and this confused me, so I'm, I'm happy to be here to explain this to you because this used to confuse me. Because I didn't understand, okay, how does these sacrifice save someone? Well, that, okay, these sacrifices must have saved people up until the cross and then you had the cross. Anybody ever think about that? Okay, now we have the cross, and so now we don't have to do these sacrifices anymore. What the author is saying is, if these sacrifices were good enough, if these sacrifices, if all these rituals, all these things in the Old Testament, and believe me, there are those people that are saying that these things should continue, Hebrews argues, uh uh-uh, that they didn't save anybody. But these were a picture. They had to give. And when we get to Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to go over this again. That they never satisfied, they never satisfied God in heaven. Let's, let's look at it like this. 
We are sinners. Anybody have a problem with that? We are. From birth. We are born into this world. Physically alive, but spiritually dead. Without hope. And without life. Why? Because we did something bad? No, because we were born of Adam into this world. Because what Adam did in the garden, we're sinners. Set apart from uh, set, and and when Adam sent, when when the Lord told Adam, in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. The fact is that Adam sinned against sinned against God. And because we are of Adam, that sin passed on to to all of us. So before we even commit our first sin, we are we are sinners before God. And it's and this is important for us to understand too, because there's nothing regardless of how good we can be. No no matter how how good works, no matter how much we can we can strive to be holy before God, we still we are still guilty. We're still guilty. And the wages of sin is death. That means for layman's term, we're all going to hell. For sure. The human race is universally, it's not universally good, it's universally lost. The whole world is lost. And without hope. These sacrifices does not change any of that. Because here it is, God in heaven, He's the judge. And no matter what we bring up, to the, the the court and to the court we're we're without representation we're guilty it's very important to understand we are not represented in heaven so when we stand before God we're guilty already we don't even have an argument but then comes Jesus And when Jesus died upon the cross, he, and, and that says He represented us. He said, I got this. I got this. And so, first of all, Jesus is the priest who dies upon the cross. What does a priest do? Represents man to God. Represents man to God. And what did the priest do in the Old Testament for temporary atonement, covering? Offered up sacrifices. But none of those sacrifices were good enough. But then Jesus offered up another sacrifice. Well, what did Jesus offer? Jesus offered Himself. Every time, and many times in Revelation, you see that, you see the, the title, Lamb of God. We know that the Lamb of God is who, Brady? Who's the Lamb of God? Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of God. 
So he is, the, he is both the priest who offers up the perfect sacrifice. He's also the sacrifice that the priest offers up. And so that is our representation. You see, none of this was good enough in the Old, uh, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew canon. None, it, none of it was good enough. There was still no representation before Christ came. Melchizedek, he didn't represent us. The priestly line didn't represent us. So it, it, it is, And it says here, if this worked, if this was good enough, Jesus wouldn't have to come. Remember what Jesus said in the garden. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but your will be done. Stop. Well, if the sacrifices were good enough, and for people to go in and take their little woolly, they'll take their little woolly up there to their priest and have it its throat cut and the blood sprinkled. If that worked and it got me to heaven, yay, let's go for it. But it wasn't good enough. Who established the law? God did. God did. Who established the priesthood? God. God did. So this whole system that the Lord worked out in the Old Testament, do you have any problems with it saying here that it wasn't a perfect system? It says right here. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law, what further need would there be for another priest? I would say that the Lord did not establish it as a means to get saved. Absolutely not. If anything, we look at it as it's an illustration how that we need something better, but it also means that God is, I think sometimes the Lord establishes something short. Of, of the glorious, his glorious nature, in order we can still be hungry to that something better. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that I give these things as an example. Uh, also in Galatians, Paul says that it's a tutor, that the law was a tutor, and these sacrifices were a tutor. All this was a demonstration to make man's heart ready. To receive that which was greater. And Jesus Christ is better. He is the perfect. So, when it says perfection, now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, that means our salvation. That means if we could find our salvation through the political, the, the Levitical priesthood, we would not have needed Christ. Christ would have not had to go. And for those of us who are saying that we, we go out and that, that, um, to be good, that we must do this and we must do A, B, C, and D to be saved. Uh-uh. They're saying, they're, they're rejecting the Levitical priesthood, but they're also rejecting Christ's work on the cross. There's only one way of salvation, and that's through faith in Christ, His work upon the cross. Continue on in verse 11. What, 
What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? But there was. Somebody had to be better than Melchizedek. Like Melchizedek. Not like the, not like the Levitical priesthood, but like Melchizedek. Verse 12. For when the priesthood is changed of, ne- of necessity, there takes place a change in the law also. We have something better, folks. And it's not the Levitical priesthood. It's not the law of Moses. Um, it, it, in its time, it had its purpose. But not now. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe which, with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. Where did the priests come up from? Levi. 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 Very good. And Aaron is within the tribe of Levi. The high priest came through the tribe of, of Aaron. And again, we've already been over. Okay, Judah. Where? <laughs> who descended from Judah? Jesus. Jesus. He was the kingly line. We find that back starting with Genesis chapter 15. Verse 15. And this is clear still. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such, not on the basis of the law of physical requirement, that physical requirement right there has sarks. It's, it, it means sarks. It's flesh. Not the fleshly desire. Okay, not fleshly requirement. But according to the power of an indestructible life. The priest retired at 50 years old. That was it. They also died. So, you might have this priest today, but tomorrow he might die. He might represent... Grady, you might have the best priest that represents you. Human priest. And he's teaching you. He's doing the sacrifices. He's got everything. And you really love him. And all of a sudden, he's not going to be around forever. He's going to die. Or he's going to retire. You might not like the next priest. You see, the priests were not perfect. The priests could even be unbelievers. And there's records of failures of the priests all the way through the Bible. They were human beings. And they weren't all holier than now. Some of them were downright ungodly unrighteousness. But we have a better priest. Um, so, and this is clear still. If another priest arrives according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such so on the basis of the, not on the basis of the, the sark, not the flesh, because, listen, the sin nature is within that flesh. But the indestructible power what do we know about the indestructible power? What do we know about our Lord Jesus Christ? He went. He went to the. Went there. Go ahead. I was trying to think of the. He went to the cross. 
He went there as that priest. Did he die? Yeah, but he was resurrected. And died in the flesh. He died in the flesh. He also died in the spirit. He died everywhere. He had no... He, he was separated with the relationship with his father, God. So that was a spiritual death and a physical death. Mm-hmm. He died. He died. But what, what did you say? He was also... He came back to life. Was he destroyed? No. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. What priest do we ever have throughout the Old Testament that came back to life? None. None. So he's able... Now, this is what's important. A lot of times people will leave out that not only did Jesus die and was buried and rose again, walked out of that tomb... But what's what's the one thing that people leave out after that? He was descending face to face. He ascended into heaven. Very good. He ascended into heaven, just like a priest goes into that goes into the tabernacle and to to put the blood on the holy of holies. The real holy of holies is in heaven, and that's where Jesus is. That's so important for us to remember because he is our high priest. He is. He is what we need because going back to what we were talking about earlier, we cannot live a holy life apart from our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven making intercession for us, representing us. Day and night. He doesn't rest. And He's sitting in the tabernacle. Priests would go in and they would leave. Our priest is at the right hand of the Father constantly making intercession. Constantly making prayers for us. Wonderful principle here. I'm running out of time, so uh, we might have to pick this up Friday. But who has become such, not on the basis of law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life. Jesus Christ resurrected life. And He is now somewhere in the universe or beyond the universe, in the throne room of God, a person, a man, a priest, because man represents man, and he's representing us before God. For it is a test, verse 17, for it is a test of him. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on one hand, there is the setting aside of the former commandment, because of its weakness and uselessness. Again, who who established that commandment? God did. Okay. Does is God does anything? Does God make junk? No. Within its time, within its time, the law was good. Paul said the law is good for its purpose and in its time. But it was useless and it was weak to save anybody. Alright? For the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there was the bringing in of the better hope. Thanks be to God that He gives us the lesser so that we can appreciate the greater. And that's what God does. He doesn't just bring you the great first, but He brings you the lesser. It's like the wine at the Canaan. Remember the wine at the Canaan? Um, the, the wedding feast at Cana? 
where the and this may be applicable where the one heading up the wedding said to him the that wow you know he gives credit he said because usually you give the cheap wine first and then or the good wine and then you give the cheaper wine but you gave us the you gave us the best they gave us the best first okay I lost that but anyway hang on but anyway he withheld at the first he gave us the least first and then later he gives us the best if I worked out better I understand it I'm, I'm praising the Lord okay. hope the spirits work with you on that so um, and as much and as much as it was not without an oath here's another important for they indeed became priests without an oath but he with an oath through the one who said to him the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind you are a priest forever Psalm 110.4 all the priests there they were born into the family Levitical line they were priests it was a priestly family but here's the one that remember what's what mean what's the word for um, being singled out? The anointed one. This one has been anointed to be priest by who? God. Very good. God says you're going to be a priest. God says you're going to be the high priest. You're going to be the high priest according to Melchizedek. You're going to be it. Jesus Christ is appointed now. He gives us the lesser, the Levitical priesthood. He gives us the law, which is lesser. And then the last will be first. Then he gives us the priesthood, the, the priesthood in the image of Melchizedek, the kingly priest line. Alright. So, much more. Also, Jesus has become the guarantee of the better covenant. That's where I'm going to stop here today. We'll finish this up 23-28 Tuesday night and then we'll answer your questions on the um, on your your work um, on your sheet there. Alright. And let's we're going to stand and sing Oh hell the power of Jesus' name. Let's stand remain standing for a closing prayer and benediction. Give us some vodka. Oh,
for this opportunity this morning to fellowship together in your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this subject and the principles that we've learned, that we have such a great advocate in heaven who continues to make intercession for us day in and day out. We pray, Heavenly Father, that anyone in the sound of my voice does not have him as an advocate, those who are without life, without a salvation and whose destiny is not heaven but in hell. They know it's not the fact that we are believing or not believing in God. It's the fact of what we do with this Lord Jesus Christ. For we know by believing and trusting in Him we do have eternal life. Salvation is a free gift. Uh, it, it requires no nothing on our part except for the non-meritorious decision of hearing that, hearing the fact that Jesus Christ is our Savior and believing and trusting in His work and what He did on the cross for our behalf. Pray, Heavenly Father, that these truths will continue to echo in our hearts. In these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, to whom, as we are... Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 We got part of it. Didn't quite get where I want to, but. Yeah. 
actually got they have a black background. I can put it in. Oh, great. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to work with these. Yeah, I was thinking I had That's a great time to think about that. I already did it. Thank you. Oh, you can learn how to zoom it. I bet the shirt you have to begin with. So, Lee, so, Lee. 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 So,